Thank you, worship team. I may have you come up later. Hallelujah. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to John. Amen. We're going to go right into the Word. I want to share something that the Lord gave me. I've been meditating and deliberating, seeking God, and, and, and I had some thoughts of, of what to preach, and last night the word peace came to my mind. So I want to share for a few minutes about peace. Pastor Daniel this morning shared, fret not, from Psalm 37. And as I went to him this morning before the service, and I said, this is, I, I believe this is going to go in this direction. And he just laughed, and he said, well, this is what I was thinking. So I'd like to share for a few minutes. And I don't have a problem with the children being in here. That's okay. In fact, I think it's good sometimes that the young children hear what's being preached. I remember as a child staying in the service. I remember our children, sometimes Pastor Nelson would say something and our children coloring on the floor would answer him. I think it's good for the sheep. I believe there's some of you here this morning that if you were to x-ray your stomach it would not be a still shot. I don't think the x-ray would catch the movement. So I want to share something with you. I, I was studying it this morning, and it just exploded on me. I was meditating on it last night, but this morning I got in with, with my computer, and I, I turned on my programs, and I, I went through, and if you're in John 14, I want to read one verse, and I'd like you to keep it in context with what Pastor Daniel shared this morning. I don't believe God gives us things that are independent, but he's, he's very much progressive. Pastor Nelson this morning praying for someone's shoulder. Our God's a God is a healer. Do you expect his healing? John 14, verse 27. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's preparing them for when he leaves. Imagine the thought process of the disciples. Here is a man that radically changed their lives. They had never seen miracles till they saw Jesus. And here he is getting ready to leave them. If I was the disciples, I would have been hanging on to him saying, no, you can't leave. Like, when you're here, you multiply things. When you're here, demonic forces leave. Why are you talking about leaving you are my security blanket. When you're around, 
I'm just comfortable. And Jesus is saying, yeah, but I've got to go. I've got to go. And he's been teaching his disciples, and, and he was dropping hints a lot. As he taught them, he was dropping hints. And he kind of ramps it up. And here he gets to this passage, and this, this passage, if you want to read some amazing words, you read John 14, 15, 16, and 17. They are just powerful. Take your time reading them. But in this passage here, he gets to verse 27, and he says, Peace I leave you, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. I want to look at some of those words this morning. The first thing I want you to see is the word peace. In the Hebrew language, this word is in Greek, but the equivalent word in the Hebrew language is shalom. And in the Hebrew language, when you use the word shalom, you didn't just say hello. You didn't just say goodbye. It was a word that was all-encompassing. The word shalom was a greeting, but it also meant blessing. The word shalom also meant prosperity. The word shalom meant goodness, favor. It was probably the most colorful, descriptive, powerful word in the Hebrew language that they could share from one person to the next. When they said shalom to the other person, you would actually receive favor and you would receive blessing. If you take that word and you receive it, you are actually going into alignment with what that word means. And here Jesus is talking to them and he says, peace. That word peace, I want to give you some pictures of what that word peace means. It means um, undisturbed. Jesus is saying to them, I want you to be undisturbed. There are some of you here this morning that your stomach literally is churning. I'm here to tell you, peace. I believe God is going to come at the end of this and he's going to shower and just have his peace just settle on you this morning. That's what I'm expecting. Peace. It means prosperity. And I don't mean in a financial sense. I mean in a state of mind sense. Do you know that God wants your mind to prosper? He wants you to be overflowing in your mind. He doesn't want you thinking about what happens tomorrow. Have you ever had those conversations where you say, well, what if this happens? And as you continue talking, what if this happens? And what if that happens? And what if I never get better? What if I never get past this? 
What if I never see the expectation of what I want? What if I never? And we start asking, and what happens is our mind starts racing. And we start jumping to conclusions that Jesus never intended us to have. We start taking those thoughts, those what-ifs, and we start imposing them into us. And he says, prosperity. He wants your mind to be so at peace and so at rest that it's defying everything that's happening. Jesus wants your mind to prosper. I'm not talking financially. I'm talking holistically. We can have money, but if we don't have peace, we're missing something. This morning, I declare to you that you will have peace in your mind, that you'll walk out of here, and you're not even going to be able to think about what you were thinking of before you came in. I believe God's going to come, and it's not going to be a narcotic that comes over you. It's going to be the Holy Spirit. And He comes, and all of a sudden, there is no place for anything else when we let Him invade our space. Sickness has to leave. The doubts have to leave. The confusion must go. The worry has no place when peace comes and it saturates. And Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's getting ready to leave. He is the Son of God. God with us. I would not want him to go. We have, (laughs) we have him. And he says, no, I've got to go. And the turmoil that would come in there, the unsettling in their minds, and he says, no, peace, prosperity. Another word that, that goes associates with that word um, peace is exemption from the rage and havoc of war. When God's peace settles on you, when Jesus says, my peace, I leave you, he wants you to be exempt from the rage and the havoc of war. That is the peace that he is giving you. And his peace is not a possibility, it is a reality. When you make it a possibility, sometimes you also make it an impossibility. It might, or I'll try. And usually when we do that, what we do is we allow a back door to escape if we don't. Jesus did not leave a back door. He says, my peace, the rest and the peace from havoc of war and all of that, I'm leaving you. There's some of you here this morning that you got a war in your mind. I declare right now, peace. Peace. You've got a thousand thoughts. You can't sit still. The thoughts are just driving you crazy. I speak peace to that right now. You do not have to live in a state of war in your mind. 
You do not have to stay in a state of confusion and frustration in your, more, in your mind. You don't have to stay in a place of havoc. Have you ever seen a child wreak havoc in a grocery store? And the parent is like just, ah, get back here, and the child's running around. When I was a child, I went in the grocery store with my mom, and I stood on the edge of the cart, and I flipped the shopping cart over, and groceries went all over the place. I wreaked havoc. That happens in our mind. <laughs> Pastor Winona and I would go see the doctor, and we would walk out of that place, and he said just what the possibilities were of some of these things. And we didn't believe them, but we got into the car, and we had to fight the battle in our mind. Because people will pronounce things or say things, and they're not, sometimes they're not being mean. Sometimes they're just saying, this is a possibility. This might happen. And they're not being mean. In fact, I want the doctors to tell me what's I, I want them to be honest. I don't want to say everything's going to be fine. And I want them. But what happens is you take that, and all of a sudden, that's where you stay. And it wreaks havoc. You can't sleep. Because now you've got these thoughts bouncing through your head. What if? Could I do this? What about that? I'm here to declare to you right now, peace. Peace. Another word that describes this word in the passage is to set at one again. When the peace of Jesus, when he released his peace, what he was saying is, I want to set at one your mind and your heart again. He doesn't want your heart to be divided. He doesn't want division. He doesn't want fractures. He wants you to be at one. Think about that. Every thought that you have goes directly towards the direction. Every thought is congruent to where you're going. Every thought is complementary to what God wants for you. He doesn't want your mind to be fractured. He doesn't want you to feel like you're a Jekyll and a Hyde. Come on, that's things we think about. Why is it one day I'm happy and the next day I'm angry? The prosperity that Jesus has for you is that your mind would be set at one. That is the design that he has in mind for you. That is the purpose that he has for you. And he's standing there and he's talking to his disciples. Getting very close to one of the most climatic points in history. And he knew what was coming. And he tells his disciples, it's good for me. I've got to go. He says, and I, I give you peace. I want you to look at what he meant when he said, I leave you my peace. That word leave means to divorce. It's actually used in the term of divorce, and not in the negative sense in, in this context, but in the sense that he is completely abandoning it and leaving it somewhere else. He didn't say, I'm going to give you my peace and then leave and take it with him. 
But when he said, my peace, I leave with you, he actually was saying, my peace, I am not taking with me, but I am leaving it with you. Think about that. He was prepared to say everything that he had. And he didn't say 10% of my peace. He didn't say 19.8% of my peace. He didn't say, if you can get this skill testing question correct, you will get this. He said, you've been with me. You've been a part of me. You've fellowshiped with me. You are my, you are my brothers. He says, and now I am going to divorce myself. I am going to take this peace and I'm going to leave it. One of, the, one of the connotations is forget. Have you ever had somebody forget something at your house? Do you know what that means? That means they left without it. It stayed there. Jesus wants his peace to stay with you. He was not intending to say, here you go. Oh, just I'm going to take it back. No, when he says, I leave it with you, he literally meant he left his peace. Think about that. The peace that you have is the peace from the Father. It is the best kind of peace that you could have. It is the most fulfilling peace that you can have. It is the most secure peace that you can have. It is the most effective peace that you can have. It does not wear off in eight hours and you've got to take another pill. It doesn't give you a high and a buzz and you wake up with a headache or a hangover. His hangovers are always the same. They're the same yesterday, today, and forever. His peace does not want to depart from you. He wants to leave it with you. Are you prepared right now to grab it? Let's do, a, let's do something that is an example or a, a, a practice or an act of faith. Literally grab the faith that he had or his peace. Just grab it. If you need peace, you just grab it. And you say, well, that's silly. No. What you're doing is you are exercising in the spiritual realm. And you say, I'm going to take that. I... <laughs> I need it. Then grab it. Because he left it for you complete. I don't care what is on your mind. If is on your mind is a relationship that is going sideways, his peace he left with you. I don't care if a business deal is going crazy or has gone left when it should have gone right. I don't care if something has fallen apart in front of you, his peace he says, I'm leaving it with you. It's to, the word leave means to depart, not take along. It's either intentionally or by neglect or forgetfulness. And I would suggest to you that Jesus didn't neglect it or forget it, so he intentionally left it for you. This is the peace 
that Pastor Daniel was saying about this morning, fret not. This is the peace that I believe will literally just saturate you. And I am expecting some of you literally will be so weighted down by his peace and so relaxed. <laughs> and you're going to feel like you don't even have strength in your bones. I'm expecting his peace to come on you and just literally make you like, oh. And I don't mean that in a negative sense. I mean that in an overwhelming sense of prosperity to your mind, your will, and your emotions. God is concerned about those. Not only does he say he's going to leave it, but then he says, he says, my peace I leave with you. And then he continues and he says, my peace I give to you. So not only is he saying he's leaving it and he's, and he's not taking it with him, but it's like, here it is. But then he says, I'm giving it to you. When God gives you something, he does not take it back. He says, this is for you. God not only was saying in this passage, your Holy Spirit was not just saying, I'm, I'm leaving this, but he says, I'm giving it to you. So it's not sitting there unused with no potential, but he actually gave it to you. If you think about this, this is going to be extremely powerful, overwhelming, and liberating to you this morning. Because you didn't do anything. All you did was you just walked with him. You spent time with him. You just fellowshiped with him. You learned from him. You heard him. You were his disciple. And then he says, I'm going to give this to you. I'm leaving this for you, and I'm giving it to you. Some of the words that are associated with give, produce. Allow. God wants to appoint. God wants to pay you with peace. That's part of the, the, the thought behind the word give. Another word behind it is adventure. Anybody here need an adventure of peace? It's like, yeah, I'd like to take that for a ride. I mean, I've been taking worry. I've been taking stress. I've been taking confusion. I mean, my car is loaded. It's a seven-passenger vehicle, and I got 15 of these things in my car. And Jesus says, just take my peace. He says, and it takes care of all those things. My peace. I find it amazing. He has one remedy for I, and I'll get to it. He has one remedy for two or three or four or five or six things. Sometimes we, have to, we think, well, this has to be remedied by that. And that is the remedy for something else. And the third thing has a third... No, Jesus is one remedy. He's one remedy. He is one remedy. His peace passes understanding and His peace that is here right now ready to invade your space, 
has more than just one application. It is an all-encompassing word. And it's from Jesus, so it's perfect. It doesn't have an expiry date. It doesn't go sour after February the 6th. It doesn't say use before. No, it says use whenever you need it. Hebrews 4, it says, come boldly to the throne of grace in time of need. If you need his peace, I, I would suggest to you that his peace is there. It's actually in you already, and we just need to learn how to release it and say, Lord, your peace. By the way, that's not being irresponsible. Sometimes we think, no, I have to be able to manage my problems because that's what a good person does. And if I just rest in his peace, I will be irresponsible because I'm not worried about those things. No, no. Let his peace reign in your hearts. Let his peace come over those things. He can give you wisdom. He can give you understanding. He can give you counsel that you would never get anywhere else. And what I have found is the more I worry about something, the worse it seems to get. And nobody does anything about it but me. And I get another shovel full of doubt. And then I get a shovel full of disappointment. And I get a shovel full of confusion. And nothing's happened except the problems got bigger, bigger, bigger. Peace does not deny that there's a problem. But peace gives you peace through the problem. There were times when I would wake up in a cold sweat. And I literally, I would talk with Winona, and she would say something or she'd ask me one question, and I'm not kidding, I would, just like that, break into a cold sweat, and my blood pressure probably went from here to there. And I had to learn how to be at peace. And I had situations on my desk. There were times when I literally had 8 to 13 to 14 different jobs, various sizes, various disciplines, and various stages of the, of the completion. But I had literally 8 was not unusual. There were times I literally had 13 to 15 jobs on my desk. And I'd get a phone. I, I was afraid of the phone. Because the moment the phone rang, it was like, where's this? And I'm working on job six, and this guy from job 13 is asking me he wants this immediately. And I would break into a sweat, literally. I declare to you right now that there's a peace of God that comes over you, that he will take that away. And actually what happens when his peace rules and reigns He'll also give you wisdom. He'll give you understanding. He'll give you favor. He'll grant you things because you're the beloved that you would never get if you weren't his child. Actually, expect him to help you as you progress through the situation. Sometimes he takes it away and sometimes he lets you go through it. But he's with you all the time. And when he takes you through it, you're stronger when you get through it than you were when you started. Peace. 
give. He wants you, one of the other words is that he wants you to experience. I believe there are some people here that need to experience peace. I know it. I know I need to experience his peace. I know I need to experience peace. This sermon is not just for you. I'm preaching it to myself. Very rarely does Pastor Nelson or Pastor Daniel or myself stand up where we either haven't learned the lesson or we're going through it or we've just gone through it. But God, he gives us things to help us and then part of that is that we would help you and give it to you. This year, I've had to learn. And there's some days I've done well. And there's some days I've failed miserably. Peace. Hmm. Then he, then he addresses them. He gives them the solution. And then he says... Don't let your heart be troubled. And if you look at this in the grammar, you'd actually find out that it wasn't a suggestion. God said, well, you know, guys, if you feel like it. He was saying this in a voice that had authority behind it. That he said, don't let your heart be troubled. It was almost like he gave them, there was no other way. He wasn't saying, you could or you... It was almost like he was saying, as a command or as an instruction, don't let your heart be troubled. This morning, some of you, your heart, oh, it's just rolling. You've actually lost your appetite. There's some of you, uh, there's some of you that, that literally have lost your appetite because it is just eaten up inside of you. Have you ever heard the term ulcers? They're not good for you. They're not from God. What is an ulcer? It just, sometimes it's, it's internally produced. Let not your heart be troubled. That word troubled, Pastor Daniel shared a little bit about this, and we kind of laughed. It means to stir up. Have you ever had somebody stir up trouble? You walk into a room and everything's good, and then you walk out and it's like, what just happened? I walked in happy and I actually liked Pastor David. And then I walked out and it's like, Pastor David said this, Pastor David said this. And, 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 all the, and, and now I, everything, I was happy. I actually liked him. And now it's like my, I'm stirred up. There's something going on in me. Some people are troublemakers, we would call them. The enemy is not somebody who's going to be nice to you. He's going to try to stir up trouble. Sometimes it's even other people. And Jesus is saying here, don't let your heart be troubled. I'm here telling you, don't let your heart be troubled. It's not a suggestion. Make this as a stance. 
Make this as a posture. Make this as a position that I'm standing. I will not be troubled. We sing that song, I will not be shaken. Have the mindset, no, I'm going to let his peace come and I will not be troubled. There is nothing more amazing than seeing somebody going through a mess and then you see them stand up. And it's like they should be down and they just keep standing up. They keep standing up. They keep standing. And after a while, if you're in a battle with them, it's like, what's going to take to defeat them? When you're with God, you stand up and you say, no, I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. It says the righteous man falls, but he gets up again. Don't stay down. Stand up again and say, no, my heart will not be troubled. Because I've got the prosperity of God Almighty in my mind, in my heart, and in my being. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be agitated. Pastor Daniel shared that this morning. Oh. 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 Ah. Man. Anybody ever experienced anything like that? It's like, just hearing his name. I've had people that say, don't say his name. I had somebody who was so agitated with me. I met him in a store, and I went to greet him, and I saw him, and he saw my face, and I said, hey. And I extended my hand, and he literally turned around and walked away. He was agitated. But there's some things in our hearts that become agitated. Don't talk to me about money. Don't talk to me about rest. Don't you know I got to work? Don't talk to me about this. Don't talk to me about forgiveness. What do you know about that? Oh, that just agitates me. That's like my last nerve. Don't let your heart be troubled. There's a peace that God wants to pour on you right now that your heart, you're going to walk out of here and you're going to go, I need to get something to eat because I haven't eaten properly in days. Literally. God's peace literally can affect your body. Let not your heart be troubled. He's not talking about something spiritual here. He's talking about who you are inside. The peace of God is powerful. I believe God wants to release his peace on you this morning. Some of you have been trying to make things happen, and you're getting agitated. Rest. Let his peace come and take a Sabbath and do nothing and let him come and see what happens. He can change your perspective. He can change your thoughts. He can even change your situation. Sometimes we got to get out of the way and just let God take care of it. What amazes me is the battles in the Bible. 
I went through them this morning. I found about eight battles, and I'm sure there's more. One of them was fought with five stones. <laughs> and by the way, they were humans fighting. They were people like you and me. You prick them and they bleed. We see pictures of cavemen and we have this crazy idea. No, they were humans. They were humans. They thought like we thought. They talked like we talked. They acted like we acted. They sinned. They did crazy stuff. They were just like you and me. And there's one battle where one stone defeated a whole nation. What are you thinking about? There's another battle. <laughs> I was going to do this this morning. I was going to ask if anybody here would like to give me their wallet. It's empty. It's got bills in it and not the kind of bills I want. Okay, I know. Do you know the Egyptian people, when Israel went to leave Egypt, God told Moses, you tell them to go and get stuff from their neighbors, and they literally took gold and silver from their neighbors and said, would you give this to me? And I don't know if they said, we'll bring it back or not. I don't know. But they said, can we have this? And their neighbors gave them stuff, and the next day they led, fled the country, and it says in the Bible that they plundered the Egyptians. Sometimes... God says, don't let your heart be troubled, and we need to step out of the way and see the salvation of the Lord. Gideon. He put a fleece in front of God saying, I don't know about this. He put a second fleece in front of God. He went from like 30,000 people to 300. I would be demoralized. My name's not Gideon, but I felt sorry for the guy. We read it, and we read it so quickly, and we just say, oh, well, he did. Can you imagine having an army of 30,000 people, and then it goes down to 300? Right now, this, if, if every seat was full, this would be 168 people. So it was like just double this size. Like, that's not a big army. And then God says, if you're still afraid... Go down to the enemy and just sit behind the bushes and listen to him. So he puts a fleece in front of him, a second fleece, and then he goes a third time and he goes and he listens. And this guy has a nightmare, a dream, one of the enemy. And the enemy says, I saw this loaf of bread rolling and it just demolished, you know, like, like domino kind of thing. And the other guy that he's telling it to, one of the Midianites, says, oh, that's Gideon and he's going to kill us. <laughs> Do you know the enemy is more afraid of you than you realize? The enemy has more faith in God than we do sometimes. So then Gideon goes up and he breaks his army of 300 to three groups of 100. <laughs> oh my goodness. I always thought there was strength in numbers. Put 100 behind him, 100 here, 100 here. And do you know what won the battle? He had a jug... He had a torch, and he had a trumpet. He was not necessarily the most talented, gifted, smart military leader around. But when you've got God on your side, crazy things can happen. 
Don't let your heart be troubled. I'm telling you that. Say, well, what about tomorrow? Listen, you can't make tomorrow any different. Go to bed, go to sleep, and deal with it tomorrow. Well, what about this? You can't get a hold of the person. You think you need to make a phone call. Well, you can't get a hold of them. They're not available. Why are you worrying? Don't let your heart be agitated. Don't let it be rolling. Enjoy your meal. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Then he says, let, not, let it not be afraid. God doesn't want your heart to be troubled, and he doesn't want you to be afraid. And this is Jesus as he's getting ready to leave the disciples. And if I was one of the disciples, I would say, God, can we renegotiate? Like, you realize of this band of 12 and you, you're the best? You know, like, do you realize that we don't, like, <laughs> we fight a lot? You know, we argue but you kind of like, you just say one thing and it happens. You, you speak one word and it's like, whoa, he set us in place. Jesus, I, I really don't think you should leave. I mean, I, I got to be honest. If I had Jesus with me, it's like, don't go. You're my ace in the hole. You're my like, kapow. You're my like, kazam. You're my like, oh. I've got Jesus. And he said, I gotta go. He said, don't let your heart be troubled and don't let it be afraid. The word frayed means you'll be glad to know I'm on my last page of notes. <laughs> it means to lack conviction. Believe the word of God. Lacking conviction. Believe what his word says. Declare it. Even if you're not sure if you can believe it, declare it. Even if you're not sure how's it going to work, declare it. You say, well, why should I? Listen, you're going to declare the negative otherwise, and the negative isn't going to happen. His word's going to happen, so you might as well start declaring that. And after a while, you start declaring it. You know what? You actually start believing it. You say, no way. Yes way. There's something about words. There's something about faith. There's something that happens. It grows up, and it works positive or negative. And you see that in family life all the time. Children that have been spoken to in a certain way. You know what? They grow up, and then they... I was grown up, thought I was the goody-goody two-shoes. And we labeled my brothers. And we live like that. Why can't we label them, you're a mighty man of God? Every time I see little Thaddeus, I tell him he's a champion. He's going to wake up one day and he's going to say, I'm a champion because I'm speaking that to him. He's not a rug rat. He's a champion. He's a champion rug rat. I mean, he's like the champion. <laughs> But you speak it. Have the conviction. Paul says, I am persuaded. What are you persuaded about? If you're going to be persuaded about anything, be persuaded about the truth. 
speak the truth. I'm persuaded. I am convinced that Jesus is the answer for every human being on this planet that was before and is to come because he is the only way. I am convinced, I am persuaded in the importance of Jesus. I am persuaded that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of power. The Holy Spirit will guide me in all truth. I am persuaded of that. Start persuading yourself in the Word of God. Don't let your heart be troubled. Something comes up, say, no, I'm more than a conqueror. No, by his stripes I was healed and I am healed. And start speaking his word. Convince yourself of his word. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ. You say, well, you're taking them out of context. No, they're in the Bible. They're in the Bible. Read them. Start rehearsing them. Convince yourself. Jesus told his disciples, I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. He didn't leave them. He left, but he said, I'm giving you somebody that's even this, the Holy Spirit. He's one of the same. He's not different. He's one of the same. And he's there for personal relationship. Hallelujah. I think that squirrel's having a good time. He's rejoicing. My peace, my peace, my peace. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. This morning, if any of you need peace, he is here right now. See? That was a hallelujah in squirrel language. Well, we have little sheep. I guess we got little other critters too. His peace is here right now. I don't believe God stirred my heart for nothing. I don't believe God stirred Pastor Daniel's heart for nothing. I don't believe God gave Pastor Nelson a prophetic word that somebody needed healing in a shoulder for nothing. So right now, we're going to take two minutes and we're not even we're not going to have worship music. We're just going to take 2 minutes. And I'm just going to ask his presence, his peace to come over you. And if you need his peace for the next 2 minutes, hold your hands up in a posture of receiving. And we're just going to take 2 minutes and we're just going to receive. Amen. Raise your hands.
My peace, I leave you. My peace, I give you. Heavenly Father, we take the words in the scriptures and we apply them right now and we release your peace. Turmoil, you must be settled. Agitation, you must go. Confusion, you do not reign. Anxiety, you're finished. Tension, you're gone. Fear, you must leave. Lack of conviction, you are going to be changed to persuasion, belief, and faith. Fear, you're going to recognize something new called courage, valor, bravery. I speak the peace of God right now over everyone here. We release that and we declare that in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen.